Recently, Sonia and I had the pleasure of sitting down with Ann Wood, who has authored this book, How to Walk into God's Plan for Your Life. We sat down to have a conversation about integrity, which is so key in today's society. And so sit back, open up your heart, and allow God to speak to you through this conversation. Integrity requires action. It requires believing in something and probably more accurately in someone who would be the Trinity himself as being the basis for that integrity that shows in the earth. You know, God really wants us to be real in the earth. He wants a real representation of who he is in the earth. And so the only vessels he uses to do that are believers. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, without faith, it's impossible for me to ever attain any semblance of being a person of integrity. If I have no faith, how could I have integrity? <laughs> I have no sound basis to base that on. Integrity, I think, is something that we say the word on many, many times, and yet few people have a very good understanding of it or what it looks like. Sometimes uh, we think everything looks all right with somebody, and later we find out there's a lack of integrity. And we've seen that recently in a very well-known uh, Christian figure. No one would have guessed that he had a private life that was lacking integrity. So integrity is important because why? People watch us. Is that there's something about who we are, people recognize we're different. But when we have lapses in integrity, that hinders their ability to understand truly who we are. So this is the point I want to make before we look at some scriptures here, is that integrity makes a difference in every believer's life, and even the more so in the life of Christian leaders. Without integrity, we harm the body of Christ rather than strengthening the body of Christ. So we're going to uh, look at some scriptures so that we can better understand what the word of God has to say. We're going to look at first at 1 Peter 2 verse 12. It says, Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that in case where they speak against you as those who do evil, they may, by observing your good works, glorify God in the day of visitation. Why would non-Gentiles or non-believers uh, be watching believers 
Well, likely they're trying to find out who you really are, why you are the way you are. But it says they're going to know you by your good works. So that's one thing we need to always be aware of. How do we appear when we've been approached on the street and it wasn't approached very nicely? Maybe somebody said something bad. What's our reaction? Probably uh, somebody's watching. And I know here I'm very well known as a missionary. So anything I do in public, somebody's going to see. So I best be careful about my reactions. Even driving. Do I cut people off? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, how we conduct ourselves will, will definitely have an effect on how people sees the church, the body of Christ. So um, Proverbs 10, 9 says, he who walks with integrity walks securely. He walks securely before God. And you know, when we really walk in God's ways, we are really protected in so many ways. Even though the world system sometimes persecutes Christians and they end up in very bad situations, ultimately God's provision of security is with them. And when we talk to some of those people, and I have, especially uh, I had one very close friend uh, in Beijing who ended up in prison three years, not because he did something, but because a former business partner murdered somebody. He ended up in jail too. The other guy was executed. But when he came out, I, I was able to see him one time. And it was a life-changing experience for him. But when I asked him, what, did, what was it like in there? He says, oh, well, he says, I was busy. I led many prisoners to the Lord, and we had Bible studies every day. I taught every chance I had a, to make a, an opportunity. I was teaching the word of God. So his integrity, his belief in who God was, and that God had the truth, he was willing to spread that even under the most adverse circumstances. So believe you me, the people in prison who was watching that man came away or stayed in prison, whichever way, knowing that God was alive in that person. And they had a different idea about what Christianity was. Had he acted like everybody else in prison, they would have never seen God in action in the earth. So we have some real manifestations of integrity in the earth. But we have also the prime example in Jesus, Jesus is our model. 
We have some other models in the scripture too. We can look at Moses. We can look at Joseph. We can look at um, uh, Daniel. Daniel's kind of one of my favorites. Um, all who had lapses of integrity, but eventually their integrity became what made them well-known and made them successful in the ministry. So in Mark 12, 14, uh, we, we see uh, a description here and a declaration about who Jesus is and integrity. It says, when they had come, they said to him, Jesus, teacher, you know that you are true, that, and we know you're a man of integrity, it says in the um, Amplified, and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Then, so they knew he was a man of integrity, but here's the, the, the kinker. Then they ask him the question, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Well, Jesus gave him the right answer. But I, I see it in that, that as leaders, we need to be aware that our integrity is going to be challenged. We're going to have opportunities to either shut our mouth or speak wrongly or do wrongly. And it will simply be a ploy of the enemy to punch a hole in our integrity. Because when that does that, it punches a hole in our character. And then that character flaw becomes a real problem in the church. We just had a, a situation here amongst people I know very well. And a couple who came from outside, came in as missionaries, but with little training and no support. And through it all, after a year, now they have split a church right down the middle. And there was something I knew. I knew not long after meeting them, there was some real issues. And it showed up in this way. So the body of Christ doesn't need that. We can't afford it at all. So we need to be aware that our, our, our integrity will be challenged. In the ministry, two huge areas of challenge is money and sexual perversion of many kinds. There's other things, but those are probably the two biggest ones. So we'll be tempted in circumstances First uh, Peter 1.1 1, 1 says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Abstain. Don't even think that you're going to get into that kind of stuff, whether it's pornography or more physical uh, lust. We are to abstain from it, period. I remember as a young Christian, I'll never forget the incident. I was struggling between knowing that I was a Christian, but 
not knowing how to live it. And so I had besetting sins that were popping back up in my life. And one day after church, I was walking out and our pastor, he, was, he just stopped me in the hallway. And he didn't ask me how I was or what was going on in my life. He just looked at me and he says, sister, if you can't handle it, run like hell. I thought at the time, oh my goodness, this is a seasoned pastor and he's using the word hell like that. But what he was saying is don't play around with things that will hurt and, and affect your integrity. Just turn around and run as fast as you can away from it. So the scripture that I learned that matches up to that very well is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, no temptation has overtaken you except as is common to man. But God is faithful. And, and boy, I have learned that. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make, make a way of escape. Sometimes uh, it seems like the best thing to do is take the path of least resistance. Well, actually, devil's way is never the least resistant. God's way is, but we've got to turn around and go his way to escape. So don't get caught with temptation. Temptation is not sin, but we can sin if we play around with it. So another area of integrity where we can be tested is in, a, in authoritarian situations. In 1 Peter 2, 13 and 14, it says, therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors or to those who sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. Verse 14, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. And you say, oh, should I follow, obey the government? As long as the government doesn't uh, infringe upon God's rules, um, it's set there to try to keep us in a peaceful situation in a place where we can thrive. So Actually, I see that yielding to authority is a mark of the believer. It's one of the things that if we have people who, who want to be in ministry and they ask you to help them, but then they refuse to sit under your authority. In other words, no matter how you would counsel them or guide them, they refuse to do it. This is a, a big issue uh, for our integrity, for it to be solid. We have to learn to be under submission. I would have never made it on the field, especially as a single woman alone without a team, had I not had strong authority over me. Now, they weren't the kind that told me what I had to do every day. 
but they were always there when I needed somebody to help me understand what was going on. And they were praying for me all the time. And I gladly accepted their direction. So we need to learn that not being under authority will, will hinder us in ministry because it's a mark of a, a, something that's wrong with our integrity. So it's also true that as in 1 Peter 2.18, it says, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. Sometimes people are in the places of being under people who do not do things right. And we find that in the workplace. Sometimes we find it in the church. Maybe the leadership is harsh. But there's something about being able to be submissive, yet stand for the truth that will show what kind of integrity has been placed inside of you by the Holy Spirit. So it can be very, very, very challenging. We need to always remember that no matter where we go, our integrity is going to show. It, it goes with us. It's a part of who we are. So, you know, in today's world, we're hearing lots and lots about corruption, corruption in governments. Philippines has always been known for that. Of course, American, they, we thought we had no corruption when we did. We were blind. And now we're finding out that it's there. But for the person of integrity, we need to understand that God is our provider and no system of corruption should ever take the power to give us things that we cannot trust God for. God will give us what we need. And when we have the opportunity to not do what is right, for instance, I remember when I was preparing to leave Missouri and go to Florida to Bible school, I needed to get rid of things. And one of my things was my organ, my Hammond organ. I didn't want to get rid of it, but I couldn't carry it. So I tried to sell it, couldn't sell it. Didn't have anybody that had the money that I thought it was worth. So I gave it to a church. And before they came to get it, guess what happened? Somebody came along and, gave, and said, we'll buy that your organ for the money, the amount of money you want. Wow. I thought, and I've already given it. Now what do I do? This, here's a chance the enemy could was tempting me to corrupt my integrity over money. I decided I wasn't going to take the money from the offer. I would give it to the church anyway. I did that. And within two days after they picked it up, somebody gave me a donation for the amount of money that would have been come, come in from the sale sale of the organ so the test will come 
but will you do what is right? It's often said that integrity is really uh, on display when nobody's looking. In other words, will you do what's right when you think nobody sees what you're doing? Well, we don't want to uh, fall into that trap. Just because we think no one sees us, uh, we can take all assurance that God sees us. And he knows. He knows our hearts and he knows what we're doing. Integrity can be challenged also in our suffering. Oh, you say, we got to suffer? Well, it seems like that's a part of life. In uh, 1 Peter 2.19, it says, For this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief and suffering wrongfully. In other words, it's one of our great tests. How do we handle suffering? Do we express our victimhood for me and use it as a means of manipulation to get from other people what we might want? Or do we suffer with a level of peace and joy knowing that God is in the suffering with us, that we're not alone. You know, uh, oftentimes, suffering begins with a little thing and it gets bigger. My experience is that much of the suffering I've seen and experienced was perpetuated by my wrong talk. If I'm suffering and I start talking about it a lot and blow it up to be even bigger than what it is, we, we reduce God's ability or we reduce our concept of his ability of helping us. Where if we focus on God, instead of the, the suffering, we'll find that he is ever present, and we will know it. He's always present, but do we always know it? I think sometimes, especially in suffering, we lose track of the fact that he truly is with us. So let's don't ask God, why has this happened to me? But rather... Seek God in his, his presence, seek God in his truth, his word, and search out what is God preparing me for when I get through this suffering. Perhaps he's trying to show me some things now that will be useful later. Maybe this is a part of the training ground to make me strong. Um, I've had a few times of suffering in my life. Actually, last year, uh, end of January last year, I, I've not been one that's been sickly, but all of a sudden I was very sick. <laughs> and to the point that we didn't know if I was going to live or die. Uh, it was not a good feeling. And I'm laying in ICU 
and God started giving me, or I started having uh, dreams and visions like I'd never had before. And they were not good ones either. And I'm not sure yet to this day what that was all about. But at one point, I was like I was in the middle of a, a whirlwind. And there was a dark hole in the middle. And it was trying to suck me down and take me out. And uh, I had a spirit-filled friend with me. And talk about somebody who knows how to pray. She's She traveled to Pakistan with me. And she's been a ministry in ministry for about 30 years. Uh, she got a hold of the spirit of God and prayed over me till whatever that thing was went away. And at that point, I was so weak. I, I was ready to give up. And yet, I was at peace. And God brought me through. And... The suffering has passed, and though it seems physically I have maybe some limitation I didn't have before, but I know that God brought me through a very tight place and that my life is not finished. Thus, I want to go forth and complete the course that God's put me on. So, integrity uh, very, very important. If I were to summarize what we've been talking about, I would do it this way. To walk in integrity, number one, you must know the word of God. Short of the word of God, you'll never reach any uh, portion of integrity. Number two, you must guard your heart against the attacks of the enemy. Because the enemy wants to come and rob you of the, of the word of God so you can't stand. And number three, you must be on alert. Don't go asleep. Because the enemy wants to put you in a place of temptation. He wants to put you in a place where you'll take offense. Or fall back into a besetting sin. The other thing is I would say, never give up. Even when we fail, God is faithful and he will take us through that. If we repent and change our mind, get a hold of the word of God and go forward. To me, that's what integrity produces is somebody who won't quit especially when they know what god has for them to uh to do in their lives so as we wind up uh this session i would like to just make a declaration from the word of god over all of us who are here tonight or today it's in uh hebrews 13 verses 20 and 21. And I'm going to make the declaration from the Amplified Bible. So if you'll just uh, open your hearts to receive this word, I'm sure it will bless you. Now may the God of peace, the source of all serenity and spiritual well-being, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, 
through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant. Equip you with every good thing. I'm going to say that again. That the good shepherd will equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you by making you complete and perfect as you ought to be. Accomplishing in you that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom the glory forever and ever shall be. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Annetta, for sharing today. You know, um, just your life experience and just um, hearing from you, I feel like I'm, I'm sitting, I don't take this offensively, but sitting next to a very wise grandmother or somebody that... Uh, <laughs> just has so much more experience than the majority of us here. And so we just so appreciate your words of wisdom. There was um, two things that you mentioned in the talk. You talked about um, the two main areas where people struggle, especially people that are in ministry, um, kind of almost like attacks that come to the ministry. And you mentioned financial integrity and you talked about um, sexual sin. And I just thought as we close today, um, I know COVID has wreaked havoc on all kinds of areas of people's lives. There's people's where yes. their marriage or relationships are kind of in trouble. There's people that financially um, have lost businesses that are maybe accumulating debt, not by their own fault necessarily. Um, what encouragement or advice could you give to people that might find themselves in those two situations, how they can, you know, kind of cling on to the Lord and, and help get themselves out of those kind of areas that are struggling? Well, I would say to them first to immerse themselves in the word of God. You know, um, there's nothing that can encourage us more than the Lord himself. But if we don't immerse ourselves in the word and build our relationship to him, where we truly get to the point that what he says is it. So when you know, I've been in the place where finances were, were a big issue. I can remember uh, as a single mom, uh, I didn't know how I was going to buy groceries for the week, you know? And yet, God would, somebody would put groceries in the back door, in the screen door, between the door and the screen door. And I learned through that that even though it looks impossible, it's nothing's impossible with God. And then when he said to me as a single mom, you're going to go to China, uh, that was impossible. But I refused to let loose of that. When everybody around me said, you can't go to China, you got two little kids. Well, I couldn't then, but I did later. So uh, I would say, Take the times that are tough and let God work a, 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 a toughness in you that says, I will trust God no matter what my situation looks like. And as you do that, because the word will rise up into you, your faith level will arise and you'll make it through. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, sometimes in the natural, we lose things. But guess what? The things I've lost in the natural, I don't even miss anymore. And I have things even stored in different places in the world. I don't even know what's out there anymore because I, I don't need them. They're mm. gone, okay? And yet I've had other things that looked like they were going to be gone forever that God's totally brought back to me. So um, he knows. And it, it's a matter of trusting him. And then secondly, find some Christians that you can fellowship with and open up to. Um, sometimes when we're under these really stressful situations, it's hard to open up and really tell people what we're feeling and how we're, how we're really doing on the inside. But it really will help if you, if those, if you can find somebody that you can trust just to fellowship with and talk to. And oftentimes they'll have just exactly the right words to say that will bring you through. So don't do it alone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation. I pray that it was a blessing to you and that God used it to minister to your heart. If you'd like more information on Church 365, you can go on our website, church365.ca, press the connect with us button, and we'll be sure to get you more information how you can join us for our weekly meetings or our monthly pre-launch church services. God bless you.